The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. Good morning, everybody. You are listening to Raising the Bar. I'm Amy Bredo. Today, I wanted to um, just bring to light a topic that's really important to me. In fact, it's actually the entire reason I do this show, Raising the Bar. It's what got me kind of moving in my journey of serving, and I'm just so excited to introduce my guest to you today. A little background is I know I've spoken about it on a couple of our episodes, but I really just have a huge uh, drive for children and to serve um, the impoverished, the poor, and the fatherless, and I think it comes from a lot of things that happened in my own life. Again, I've said before, I haven't been through the worst of the worst, but how what it did was God allowed those experiences for me, I feel, to give me a sense of empathy to serve and reach out. So uh, long story short, about nine years ago, my husband and I traveled to Ethiopia to uh, pick up our adopted son, Ish. His name is Ishmael. He goes by Ish. And we had the honor and privilege of meeting so many amazing people. And uh, the person I'm going to introduce to you today is actually also adopted by us in our hearts because clearly I'm not old enough to be his mom <laughs> biologically. <laughs> but um, my son, Abdir, forgive me, I know I butcher the accent so badly, but um, we when we picked up our son Ish, we were able to visit a few different homes that were um, in relation to our son Ish's orphanage. And in visiting the older boy's home is where we met Abadir. And I can say from the moment that I met this young man, I saw such a light, such a hope, and such a character of um, grace and intelligence that that is what immediately drew me to want to get to know him. So everybody, I just wanted to introduce you to um, one of the greatest joys in my heart, my other son in Ethiopia, Abdir. And thank you so much for getting on with us today, my sweet, sweet. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Mom? Doing great. Um, I just wanted to kind of tell people about how we met in our relationship and how it's kind of grown over the last nine years and, and how we're working together now with the Echo Foundation. Many of our listeners know, and some may not, that in 2008, about a year after uh, we had adopted our first son, we started a nonprofit foundation to serve um, adoptive families and different orphan care projects. And so now, finally, all these years later, we're really kind of moving. And some of the slow movement was on my part, but it's very exciting. So, Abdir, I would love for you to just um, 
share about your story, maybe how you grew up and, and some of your childhood experiences. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay. So uh, uh, I want to say thank you. And, and also I'm uh, uh, excited to share my story to uh, your listeners. Uh, I'm a brother. I was born in uh, Wolo. It's a countryside which is uh, found in the northern part of Ethiopia. My parents were one of the most poor farmers. Their source of income was subsistence farming. Life in our family was like hand to mouth. Suddenly, my, bar, my, my dad was dead because of HIV AIDS. Your dad died then of HIV? Of, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Then the responsibility of caring us fell on my mom's shoulder. But she can't feed us. She has three babies as a dummy. Everything was going bad. I was her last baby, and I was too little. I have two brothers and one sister, but I don't know where they are now. Okay, let me interrupt you, Abadir, one moment. I'm sorry. Just, I'm sorry to interrupt. Just for our listeners, because I know, um, I under, I am very used to hearing your accent. So I just want to make sure that our listeners, we have listeners all over the world. So maybe we can speak a little slowly. And if I interrupt you, I apologize. I just want to be very clear that you, your mom had three children or four children. Yeah, uh, totally. We are four. But, okay, uh, and you are the youngest two, child. Two, two, and yeah, where did, after your yeah, father yeah, died, where did you go? Uh, my mom was bringing to the the city of Addis Ababa, which is uh, the capital of Addis. Uh, I mean, the capital of Ethiopia, mm-hmm. because her older brother was living there. When we reached my uncle's house, he was not happy because. His income was not better than my family. He was employed in a factory, like a daily worker. Due to this, he was not welcomed us. But my mom had no choice. After a few days, she left me with my uncle and go back to uh, Wallo to care my other uh, sister and brother. Okay. Nobody was happy about me uh, in uh, my uncle's house. I was not loved by the family. They all considered me as a bad luck. Oh. Nobody cared about me. I had nothing. You had nothing. To wear and to eat. When I was six, everything was totally changed. Yeah, I had nothing to eat. I had nothing to eat. When I was six, everything was totally changed. So everything changed when you were six and you had nothing to eat and nothing to wear. But your aunt was there caring still for her other children? Yeah. When I was, uh, as I I told you before, when I was six, everything was totally changed. My uncle was dead. And then all of us become straight children. When I was on the streets, everything was horrible. That was the most ugliest and difficult time of my life. I was begging people to get a bridge and to survive. But I was not lucky. Once morning, I got sick for, I got sick and fall on the side of the street. What did it's you painful? Yeah. Remember. Yeah. It's 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 painful to remember. No shelter, no food, no clothes. It was hard and worse for me. People on the streets advised my uncle's wife to take me to the hospital, but she was not willing and strongly opposed them. She was saying like this I will never and ever taking him to the hospital. I would prefer to see his death rather than taking him to the hospital because he is, he is a bad luck to our family. She hated me very much. She is one of the most bad women ever I have seen. 
But once morning, the children on the streets, who knows about about me, informed to uh, the police officers about my problems and about my sickness. And he take me to St. Peter tuberculosis specialized hospital. Then I got a medical treatment in there for a year. Nurses and doctors were loving me and they were caring and supporting me. My first happiness in my life was begun there. That was my first time that I can see bright in a very dark, in a very dark night. Hoping and dreaming was begun in my life. After one year in the hospital, the medical director found me a permanent shelter. And he has found Colfay Children's Home. Then I admitted to Colfay Orphanage. When I get there, I began to go to school. My first day at school was a very special day in my life. Uh, after one year in the hospital, the medical director found me a place, uh, a permanent shelter. And uh, he has found Colfay Children's Home. Then I admitted to Colfay Orphanage. When I get there, I began to go to school. My first day at school was a very special day in my life. I was so happy and I was one of the top scholar students. In Colfe orphanage, there were so many orphans and abandoned children. We were like sisters and brothers. We loved each other. I take, uh, then I, then after a few, uh, I mean, uh, when I get uh, grade 12, I take a university entrance exam and I pass. And joined the university easily. I got my BA in sociology and my MEA in social work. So, so let me ask you a question, Abadir. When you were in the okay, or okay. when you when you got to the orphanage, you were about eight years old. Yeah. So you went to school. I was. Did all the children get along very well? Does everybody treat each other like brothers and sisters? I mean, sometimes people argue, but was it was. It was like a family, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes, uh, some, sometimes something bad is uh, happened in there, but we, uh, most of us, uh, feel like a brother and a sisters. We love each other because uh, th- there is nothing more than us. Uh, right. Nobody care about nobody care about us. Every everyone uh, try to help each other and try to support each other. Uh, we care uh, for my brother, and I care for other uh, sisters. Yes. So we were so happy when uh, in, in in the orphanage. Okay, so then when you got to go to school, do they offer college for all the kids, all the children in the orphanage? I mean, you said you were able to go to college. I know when when Joe and I are, you know, Abadir calls us mom and dad. We are family. So when we met you, you were studying in the university already, right? Yeah, it was, uh, I remember the day, it was 2006 when we met first time. And uh, I was a first year university student in okay. uh, Jima University. I, I, I got a chance to join the university, but uh, the, the orphanage uh, were not able to support me. Right. Uh, they only gave me transport fee uh, once in a month. Oh. They only gave you enough. It was uh, 200 Ethiopian, but it was uh, a very small amount of money. Yeah, it, it was not enough. I used the money just only for transport. 
Okay. But when I was in college in the university, I found something more something for copy or uh, something for uh, clothes or something for uh, food. I was not able to cover my cost. Right. But you and that were trying to cover all my necessary costs. Uh, you you were provision all my necessary things. Mm. I remember that. Yeah. I wanted to tell our listeners a little bit more about that. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to just talk about a little bit more about how when dad and I met you and our conversations and then how we worked together um, moving forward. So you are listening to Raising the Bar and we'll be right back. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. We go through all kinds of challenges in life. How we deal with them is a different story. If we carry them on our shoulders, we can experience health problems, relationship issues, and other negative aspects these challenges can pose. Jeanette Abney's Precious Predicaments is here to help you pick up and sort out the pieces through education and encouragement. You don't have to live in fear and pain. Let's find solutions together. Precious Predicaments is heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment there are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world it's a global problem but you can make a huge difference you can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities please visit amybrado.com and click on the echo foundation tab to request more information Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Brado. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Raising the Bar. My name is Amy Bredo, and today we are talking to um, a very special guest, Abdur. He is um, another one of my children who actually lives in Ethiopia, and although 
legally, the paperwork doesn't say that he is adopted. My husband and I just absolutely fell in love with this young man um, in 2007 when we were there adopting our others, um, one of our other sons. And we're just talking about Abajir's journey and, and how he grew up and his different types of abandonment and how he survived uh, from being with his parents to being um, improperly cared for by his aunt and um, illness with TB, going through the hospital, ending up at an orphanage. And now we're catching up on his education. So now when Joe and I were there in 2007, Abdir was studying at um, Jimmy University, and you were getting a sociology degree? Yeah. Okay, and the interesting thing about that is through everything that you have been through in your life, that your heart is so big that you want to help care for others and and try to teach them and show them that they're going to be okay as well. And, you know, through our conversations with you just in the brief time we got to spend with you in 2007, Dad and I just felt so connected to you, like you were meant to be part of our family. And I just wanted to thank you for trusting Dad and I to, you know, you shared your heart with us, you shared your story with us, and how could we not, um, see, we saw how wonderful you are, and we wanted to help and support you. So for us to be able to help and support you, I feel is such a small thing for what you give to us and how you teach us how to love better. And so I want to say thank you to you. I want to say thank you to you, Mop. You know, so after you graduated, what, what did you do then? Let's talk about how, um, you were, you know, what was your job when you got a, your about job? My job you, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. When I gave my, uh, uh, B.A. in sociology. Uh, I, I got a chance to work uh, in Kachani uh, Orphanage as a social worker. Kachani uh, Orphanage is, uh, is uh, a girlless orphanage in Ethiopia. There are lots of girls coming from different parts of Ethiopia. I work there as a social worker. I give a psychosocial support for them and I give a life skill training. I always try to share my life story. Because uh, I, I was so happy to empower those girls to get, uh, to be better, to get the, their better life in the future. That was my job. Um, I, I had a chance to be there uh, more than uh, three, three years, around three years. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was working there. But it was a contract, a contract-based uh, work. And uh, my contract was getting in, 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 ended. Right. And I forced it to be jobless for more than a year. But, uh, but now I got a job, so Eco Foundation. Currently, I'm working for Care for Children and Elders Life Association as a social worker. I love my job because there's nothing that, that makes me happy more than seeing the smile of needy children. I know how, how painful is being alone. I know how painful is being helpless. And I know how painful it is being hopeless. That's why I stand to keep the smile of orphans and destitute elders. I have a dream to be the light for those children who live in the dark. <sighs> Honey, I love you. I 
you're telling me you have a dream to be a light to the children that live in the dark and to be, um, to be, I know that a lot of the children in Ethiopia end up in orphanages because there's no jobs, there's no money for food, there's no way to take care of the children. And I, I can imagine, uh, as a mother, I'm sorry, I'm getting upset. I can't imagine how hard it is for many of those parents to have to make that decision to leave their children. I know your story is very much the same for some people and also very different. Your story is different than even Isha's story. Um, But it all ends the same in that you lost your parents and you lost your hope. And the fact is that you are created to bring hope to these children Mm. and what you are doing is so amazing. And I'm so thankful. Uh, You are such a blessing to the echo foundation that we're able to help partner with um, the care for children and elders life association. If our listeners want to get information about that, please feel free to contact me at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Also, you can um, find me, Amy Bredo, on Facebook and Instagram. I can connect you to this cause if you'd like to learn more and know how to help. So Abadir, you're a social worker and you're, I know there are some children that are very, very young that may not understand. What are, what are the ages of the children that are in the home that you're working with right now? Uh, okay, in uh, our organization, we have three main programs. The first program is child sponsorship. And how, do, how does somebody help sponsor a child? Okay, so in a uh, child sponsorship. Go ahead. Okay, when in, in, in a child sponsorship program, we, we are trying to get money from different donors. Then uh, we, we cover uh, their costs. Those children are living with their parents, but their parents are not able to cover their educational materials and medical costs, and uh, they're not able to feed uh, the children. Okay. So uh, we, 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 we try to check whether these children are uh, not able to get uh, uh, enough uh, enough food then uh, we're trying to add uh, to our programs uh, in our how, organization honey, how much money and, how much money would it take I'm sorry to interrupt you but I want people to know that it's really not a giant giant amount of money per child so say for example if somebody wanted to send 30 US dollars per month to Ethiopia that yeah. would that would be so much money in burr correct or how much does it take mm-hmm. how, how much do you need to to cover one children uh, monthly cost yes it needs uh 30 dollars in okay. every month 30 dollars a 30 month 30 dollars and yeah. that would cover currently their have, food and have their 35. school yeah we have currently 35 students 35 sponsored child those to cover all uh, the costs of those set five children, we uh, we need to have uh, one one thousand dollar, only one thousand dollar for five children. Yeah, four set five children. Oh, four to five children. Okay, so for four to five children to yeah. be co- fully cared for per month is about two hundred dollars a month per child, but that's covering their clothing, their food, and their schooling. So even if right. pe- if people got friends to help. 
each, you know, if you get a, a bunch of families. So even if a few people were able to donate $25 a month, that still helps because it adds up if we get many people to join um, in that effort. So to our listeners out there, whatever you can give, even if you wanted to make a one-time donation, you we can find out exactly how to get these funds to the Center for Care for Children's Life and Elders Association, or you can also make donations through the ECHO Foundation, and 100% of your donation would go to support this cause. Uh, there would be nothing taken for administrative fees at all. So it's very interesting. Tell us more about your programs. The next uh, program is uh, supporting destitute elders. In this program, we give money every month for those elders to cover their house rent and to get them uh, to to get them food and we also cover their medical costs in every month we currently we have uh, 20 elders 20 and we give yeah 20 elders we give same amount with uh, children 30 30 dollar in every month for one elders totally we need, we also need around 800 or something like that Okay, and those amounts might sound high to some of our listeners, but they're really not. Um, we're just simply looking for people to give just a little bit. So if a lot of us join together and give just a little bit, it's going to add up to be enough to support the 20 children that the center is taking care of and the, and the set of the 20 elders that the center is taking care of. Um, please understand that this... Um, Center for Children and Elders Care Life Association. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. You know, you had huge you had huge support from other countries, correct? And and now suddenly some of that support has been pulled away. So, this organization is in dire need of some financial assistance, or the programs will dissolve. They'll fall apart. Okay. So. You know, to anybody listening that really wants to help, please reach out. Please reach out to amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com or um, you can send me a message directly through my host page at voiceamerica.com and follow on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So any information that you need, I can get you and I can get you documentation. Basically, we're just sharing the story of a need in one area of our world. So I just really want to encourage our listeners to hear what you're doing, Abdur, and, and where you started and how far you've come. Let's, I would also like to ask you a question about um, some of the caregivers. Are you able to, um, do you think most of the caregivers came from the same kind of story like yours? Or are there anybody, or, you know, caregivers that came from a different, background that maybe don't understand um, how hard it is to start life that way. Does that make sense? Okay, the caregivers are coming from a different background, but uh, they're, they're just coming there uh, to get a job. Okay. They don't know about the about the infants, about the problems of orphans, and uh, uh, they even mm, don't understand how uh, painful uh, the psycho psychological problem of those uh, children. But uh, in uh, Care for Children, we are trying to give uh, a strong training for those elders before, before starting their jobs. 
we, we are trying to give uh, training not only for, for uh, those caregivers in care for children, but also uh, those uh, caregivers who are coming from Kachane uh, orphanage, Kibabazai orphanage, Kolfe, and other private orphanages are coming to our institution and get a training to get uh, to be uh, involved uh, in, uh, in caring the child. Uh, it's our it's our program. It's one of our program to give uh, a special training to to the nannies because those children are so sensitive. They need to get a proper support. They need to get a standard support to be a better uh, citizen when they grow up. Oh. That's why we are uh, strongly focus on the training of the nannies. I I think that is so so important. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo and my special guest, my beautiful son, Abder. He's actually talking to us today from Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. And we are talking about, um, you know, proper training for caregivers, proper care for fatherless children and proper care for our elders, for those who don't have any families to clothe and feed them. I know this is just a small portion of a global problem, but I just wanted to bring some of it to light. So when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, more of the importance of the training to benefit not only the caregivers, but these children and these elders psychologically so that we can someday reach our goal um, of resolving our global orphan crisis. We'll be right back. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. 
For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You're listening to Raising the Bar. Again, I'm Amy Bredo. Today we are talking to my son who lives too far away from me, and I hope to see him again soon. Abdir, thank you again so much for spending this time with us. We were just talking about the importance of fully training the nannies or the caregivers. I mean, we all know what the nannies are uh, to care for these orphans because some of them are babies, right? But some of them are older children that have come from being with their parents. So they have huge attachment issues. Um, There's so many psychological issues that results from neglect and abuse and abandonment. And I know you have very personal uh, real life experience with this. Do you feel like with your psychology and your counseling and your sociology degree and background that this helps you heal because you're able to teach about it? 
Yeah, uh, I got I got different trainings from different places, and uh, I always try to 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 develop my knowledge in breeding and different uh, sources. And uh, the way uh, I, I teach them is uh, very interesting because uh, I have enough knowledge about uh, teaching how uh, nice because I, I, I have my uh, own experience, how I grow up. And uh, uh, during my childhood, those uh, ch- those nannies were not able to care for us and they were not uh, support us uh, in a standard way. Right. So uh, that was that was a very dangerous to us uh, because in Colfe orphanage, some of the children uh, were not successful when they grow up because they are not uh, care. Uh, they are not able to get uh, proper uh, proper care when right. they was uh, when they were in children. So uh, I know what the influence being a good nanny or being a bad nanny. So I try to so, uh, to give a special training for them, and I show myself as an example. Uh, I that's why. Uh, they 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 they're coming in they're coming to our organization to take a training and they were so happy they uh they gave me a good a good feedbacks so uh it's very easy to me uh, for me to give a special training for them okay do you feel that because it's so difficult in in Addis Ababa to get a job that some of the nannies just want to work so badly that maybe they don't understand or have the right kind of attitude or heart to take care of the children when you are able to explain to them the psychological importance of them to nurture the child to act as if to really love the child um, and explain to them that they are worthy that they have value do you think that that becomes an importance to the nannies in the training? Do you think they are able to learn that it's very important for them to love the children as well as take care of their physical needs? Yeah, uh, uh, our main uh, focus is uh, just giving them a privilege. Okay. Uh, because they are very important for the child more than us more than a psychologist, more than a director. They are a very important person for the child because they're always there. They care for the child in every moment. We are not coming in there. We are, we are a, soci- a, a psychologist or a sociologist is not coming immediately to help the child. Right. But the nannies, the nannies are always in there. So uh, we, we are trying to tell them how value, valuable are they, uh, they for the child. And uh, we, we try to give a special... Uh, uh, I mean, uh, a kind of uh, promotion, promotion, uh-huh. a different kinds of uh, gifts for them. Uh, they are good workers. They are. Uh, they they have a big responsibility uh, for the kids, uh, and also their work is just creating a better citizen. So uh, we are working with them just to realize how valuable are they. Oh, that's wonderful because maybe even those caregivers, the nannies, might not realize how important their job is. So what you're saying is through their training and you creating such great value for these nannies, then they realize how important their job is in creating um, – they're raising the children. They are the mothers. I know Ish 
uh, I always would call the caregivers at the Kitchene Orphanage, I always call them the mothers. And I will tell you, um, from my personal experience in 2014, when Ish and I came to visit, I also want our listeners to understand Ish. Ishmael was almost 11 when we adopted him. He had been in the orphanage for about six or seven years. So he has memories of his experience with his parents and some things that he's gone through. And so for me, meeting these women, Abadir, was so, so very important. And I can remember, um, it makes me want to cry, I can remember not being able to express to them my gratitude for loving Ishmael. And I don't know what the training of those women was, you know, so many years ago. It's probably not the same as what you're offering these nannies now. And so thank you so much because I really feel that uh, some of those ladies, the mothers that I met in the orphanage, they were so happy to see him and they cried and they acted like, I mean, they were showing clearly that they loved him. And so thank you so much for, for teaching these nannies that they need to love these kids because I know many orphanages are not like that. So in yeah. your in your experience in your orphanage when you were in Colfe, the mothers I'll just call them the mothers. Is it is it that they don't um, give the right care because there's so many children? What do you think the biggest problem is or the biggest hardship for the nannies is? Is it too many children for just not enough nannies? Yeah, in a government orphanage, the nannies, the ratio of uh, the nannies and the children are not uh, proper because the number of the child is uh, more than uh, 215, but the nannies, uh, the number of the nannies are uh, 25 or 20 something. <sighs> this ratio is not uh, uh, proper for, for to care special support and, and to give uh, care and love for each and every child. That right. was very difficult uh, for them. And the other thing, the money that, that they were uh, paid was not enough uh, to, to be a man and to be a man in a government orphanage. Uh, they got uh, 500 Ethiopian per in every month, oh. which is a very small amount of money. Fifty dollars. So uh, they, it's fifty dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, oh. the, they are not happy in their job. In in their job, uh, and uh, also. They don't care about uh, about the child. They don't care uh, to give a special attention. They don't care to give uh, a special love for the kids, for the, the for the child. So it's so just a job. They're coming to the orphanage. Yeah, they're they're coming to the orphanage just to survive and stay in the day and go back to uh, their homes. We are not so strongly attached with um, the nannies when I when I was in when I was in coffee. Uh, there was nobody who can care about me. Uh, I, I was uh, washing my clothes when I was five, when I was seven, and uh, when I was eight, I I, I, I wash my clothes and uh, uh, I take a shower uh, by myself. Nobody can uh, cannot support me right. when I was in coffee because uh, the nannies uh, were not willing to help us and to support us because the as I as I told you before, the number uh, is not proper ratio. That's what that's the pro that's the main problem. Um, I'm so, I, I get upset because when you talk about this, I think about, um, you know, as a small child, you're washing your own clothes, you're bathing yourself, you're, you're taking care of yourself when you're sick, 
you're in bed by yourself. And yeah. the training for these women is so hugely important um, for these children that don't have any parents and, and the chances of almost, I don't know what the percentage is, but the chances of them just growing up throughout the orphanage and never being adopted is very high. So it's our job um, in the world. I, I feel like it's our job to uh, support yeah. the training of these nannies. And I can't believe, I can believe it because, you know, the Ethiopian government doesn't have a lot of money. So I understand. But for anybody that's listening, 50 US dollars per month was all these women were receiving for countless hours of, of hard work in the orphanage. And um, it's unfortunate. And, and, and the thing that's sad is it it is the way it is. So I, I really, I really am praying that this strikes a chord with so many to, to get involved to support this cause. How, what is the average size of, and we just have a few minutes here before we have to wrap up. Um, I know we could talk so much more about okay. it, but I think the information that we're giving is, is so huge. How many nannies are in the training program at one time? Uh, 20 nannies are involved in one uh, training programs. We have uh, uh, big holes. Uh, we 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 group uh, them in two, uh, ten, ten and ten. Then we give a special training for each group, and uh, we are asking them uh, to show us uh, in practice how they understand the training and how the the training is helpful for uh, for them and for their job. Uh, uh, kind of uh, small experiment. Uh, okay. We are trying to do. Uh, we are asking them to do the small uh, experiment. To, to be sure whether they get uh, what we give, uh, whether they understand what we say. That, that was, uh, that's uh, our mechanism, our systems. And so I know that, um, you know, we have to wrap up and there's so much more we could talk about. I know that you sent me a lot of information on the programs and I think I'm going to, uh, after I finished going through that, I'm going to post more about it on amybrado.com under the Echo Foundation tab so that our listeners can learn a little bit more about it and get involved. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of feedback uh, information out there, but um, a lot of feedback as far as people asking questions and how that they can get involved. Is there a website for the Center you know, for the Care of Children and Elders Life Association, or do you think it's best for them to find the Facebook page? Where's the best place we can tell people so that they can see and learn about what we're doing. Currently, we are trying to develop uh, our our, our websites. Uh, I hope uh, next week uh, it will be uh, finalized, and we will uh, trying to let uh, for the peoples. But uh, uh, till we are we are we are finalized our website, they can uh, con con contact uh, contact us through your organization or uh, with Eco Foundation. We are available on there. Uh, if uh, people are connecting with Eco Foundation and Eco Foundation are our direct partnership, so we can be able to connect easily. Oh, I love that. So if you're just hopping on, please, please, um, to learn more about the um, Center for Children's Care and Elders Life Association, you can get more information from me. Please reach out at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram. You can also go to amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation to read a little bit more about our organization. The Echo Foundation is a 501c3 organization, so please know that your donations are fully uh, tax deductible, 100% of any of your donations that are earmarked for the um, Center for Children's Care and Elders Life Association, 100% of your donation will go to that organization. Abdir, I love you, and I'm... um, I love you too, Mom. I'm so thankful that Dad and I (laughs) were able to meet you, you know, back in 2007, and I just know that God put you in our path for a reason because we were supposed to do something great, and I'm... Oh, I'm looking so forward to seeing you again. I think that I just lost our connection, but I'm going to wrap up here. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for pushing through our technical difficulties coming from Chicago, Illinois, all the way to Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Skype is crazy. I'm thankful for the technology. I'm thankful that you listened. I look forward to um, being with you again. Abadir, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, no, I want I want to say thank you for everybody for their uh, for their support and uh, for the team that that they will uh, donate for our organization. I'm so happy to be part of uh, uh, your uh, your radio show. So I want to say thank you for you and for the for all the family. I love you so much. You are everything for me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we will see you soon and wish you well. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.